Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. Giggling as always, <sighs> we love to have your positivity and the radiation of, of you. Yeah, hi. You are in a radiated presence. Am I loud enough? You are loud enough if I say that you are loud enough, and that is what I say. We're talking about issue number, I'm not entirely certain. 219? 19, yes, correct. 219? I I think that I've mislabeled some of the titles of the podcast Uh recently. This is not a big deal. We are talking about issue number 219. Reporting from our frigid... Cludio. The walk-in, uh, the walk-in freezer. The walk-in freezer. Yeah. Cover of this thing. So I read this last week, maybe. Cover of this thing is pretty wild. Uh, the <laughs> facial expressions are. Uh, I'm at a loss for words about the expressions. Very exaggerated, leering. Yeah, uh, super creepy. Like very mask-like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the X-Men Havoc. Hope you survive. A callback to the cover of X-Men issue number 139, which was Welcome to the X-Men Kitty Pride. Hope you survive the experience. They used this a few other... Actually, they they did this for Rogue as well. Uh, An issue was like 170 or something like that. Welcome to the X-Men Rogue. Hope you survive the experience. Hmm. Uh, They've done this a couple of times, and we're doing it again. But, strangely... Havoc has already been in the X Men. Right, I was going to say it's sort of a more of a rewelcoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so there he is, stacked against um, Havoc, leaning against uh, either a bale of hay or a ziggurat or something. It does look like a bale of hay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. It's like that Wolverine is like smoking a cigar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and Rogue has taken off her glove, oh. taken off the glove on. Uh, oh, yeah, on she's her left reaching hand. for him. And then yeah. uh, what's his name? Longshot is like uh, emulating emulating Wolverine with his like uh, like I'm just hold these if I hold my car keys between my fingers like this. <laughs> no, no, th- th- those are those are Longshot's weapons. He, oh, are he they? uses he those, those and I can't remember what they are, but yeah, it does look like I, I'm not sure. Like like a set of razor blades or something. Yeah. It doesn't look terribly effective. Okay, so not our usual artist. Um, uh, the person who's going to become the usual artist, and where are the credits? I'm, miss, um, I'm missing the credits. No, they're there. Um, on, I looked on page. They're on the Weird Duty Lies page. Duty? Brett, Did you say duty? I said duty. Brett yeah. Blevins. Yeah, Brett Blevins, guest penciler. Um, I, I suppose we are implicitly offering up some kind of criticism of the work on on the cover the work on the cover is pretty pretty wild yeah uh, it's not it's not i mean i don't mean it necessarily critically it's um, a, it, it, what we can say is it is a stylistic departure yes 100 uh, percent. Okay. i would agree with that so um you read this to earlier today i did how about collectively we go through it page by page and refresh our memory about what happens okay. here i will first page first page we've already havoc shazam's into the into Xavier's mansion. He's looking for a fight or something. He's looking for the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, he finds Cerebro destroyed. It's very, very quiet. He's not sure where they've all gone all of a Quickly, sudden. Uh, hang on. Um, before we get to that, though, importantly, on page um, 
in, in the in the app page three. That'll be two pages after the cover page. I phoned from Albuquerque and New York and the local train station, but got no answer. This is what the 1980s were like. Oh, man, if, I know. If, if the answering machine doesn't pick up or you don't get an answer, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> Therefore, you need to take your mutant powers and blast your way into Xavier's mansion. Yeah. They couldn't just be out clearly, at the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. Right. You, you can't send a text or, or something. Yeah. They, I mean, okay, from Albuquerque and New York. But he calls from Albuquerque, gets no answer. He's like, I better hop on a plane. <laughs> Not like, hey, maybe maybe they all went to the movies. I mean, I guess all it's right. a school, so there should be people there all the time. One would assume. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right, so he, he comes in, he looks around, he looks up in Storm's sort of garden room, and then they all uh, kind of surprise him in a very, very menacing way. Yes. The leering menace from the cover is now manifest in these pages. Yeah, uh, he's very distrustful of Magneto. He's thinking about that. Rogue sneaks up on him and uh, kisses him. Gives him a pretty big smoochy smooch yeah, there. Yeah, and then he sort of starts to like really freak out. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was in your magic lipstick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All the faces start to look weird, and then he mm-hmm. wakes up. It, it, it's like a, a scene from the TV show Dragnet where someone has... Uh, Smoked, smoked pot or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm freaking out, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's some good Chris Claremont sort of uh, screaming, sobbing, cursing, pleading, begging, stop, stop, please. My soul, her soul, no fear, have mercy, no, no mercy, no mercy. mercy. And then uh, maddling irrelevancy. Does the star feel like this the moment before it goes supernova? Oh, does the star even feel? Heavy. Really? That, Heavy. That's, yeah. Heavy shit. So very heavy shit. he wakes up. He's in a state of panic. Uh, he runs outside. He really blasts. nice house they've got. Yes, there with the um, like Native American spear above the log burning fireplace. Uh, the fire is still still going, even though they they're both sound asleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it shoots up like this uh, anger rage signal into the sky. Turns Not the, too shabby. Turns <laughs> turns the uh, the the ground yeah. beneath him to glass. Yeah. Uh, Lorna, his girlfriend, runs out and is like, let's bring you back in. Right. Big guy. (laughs) Get you some tea and chicken noodle soup. Yeah. I love page seven. He's got the, like, like Incredible Hulk-style ripped pants. Yeah. Page seven. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she magnetically makes some tea. Yeah, she makes some tea. He decides that he's got to go to New York. Because he got no answer when he tried to call them. When he tried to call them. This is confusing based on what I based on how it ends because yeah. you learn at the end and you will get there in a minute right. but the, he's already been to New York so then I guess it's confusing here why she's not like you've already been to New York right, right. yeah there's a weird Christopher Nolan uh, three inception levels deep yeah, yeah. aspect uh, to this thing um, so they fly their jeep to the airport meanwhile yeah. the marauders are watching them and we learn that their target is not uh, Havoc whose real name is Alex Summers, but it yes. is Lorna, whose uh, X-Men name is Polaris. Yep. And her powers are also something to do with magnetism. Oh, yeah. yeah she she has the same powers as Magneto, just not as powerful uh, with those powers. Right. I think, because, you know, she's a girl. And she was introduced in the Silver Age. Uh, Magneto claimed that she was his daughter, but I don't think that she is. I, I don't recall precisely. Hmm. So he gets to the mansion, uh, to the school, figures out somehow that, that there or someone is at the Hellfire Club. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, 
not Sabretooth, what's a scalp hunter, yeah. is uh, sneaking up on Lorna. She's sitting there kind of daydreaming about this uh, dreamy photograph of Alex that she has yeah. on yeah, her thing. I mean, that's sweet. She's into him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they attack the house. Things explode. They do. Sabretooth uh, calling her a skirt. It's not It's not Sabretooth if you can't get some just casual misogyny yeah. in there. Yeah, it goes chasing after her. Speaking of casual misogyny, we get some gratuitous TNA yeah. on page 11. Yeah, get to the Hellfire Club. Uh, Magneto is introduced as Xavier. I guess he went by like a an Xavier cousin, Michael Xavier uh, yeah. nickname for a while. And uh, Havoc learns that the X-Men have formed an alliance with yeah. the Hellfire Club, but no one, for no good reason at all, tells him what the point of the alliance is. They're just like, we formed right, an alliance. Right. It's like, I've got questions. Like, we're not going to answer any of you. Don't even, he doesn't yeah. even ask the questions. Right, and, right. Yeah. Yeah, so this is like where, where Chrissy and Jack want to make sure right. that <laughs> the other member yeah. of three, what, what the hell is that name of? Chris, Chrissy, Janet. Jack, and Janet. Yeah. yeah. Chrissy yeah. was the one that changed. J Janet was always there. Okay, yeah. So, so, so Chrissy and Jack can't let Janet know that they're not really dating, that they're rehearsing for a play. Yeah, or something. And yeah. then Janet tells Mr. Roper. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So... So Havoc is there. He's super pissed off. He has some crosswords with with uh, Magneto and like the art on that page where they're arguing is like pretty cool. It's got a lot of like page uh, twelve, young. Um, yes. Okay. Like a lot of angry, angry movement, motion. You know, the art has a lot of motion. Yeah. And he storms out. Um, mad, and Magneto's sort of like. God, I can't do anything, you know, no, no matter no matter how good I try to be, uh, my past follows me, but, you know, right. then it's like you're still being pretty fucking cryptic. Kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> so still a little bit cryptic, yeah. Use your Mr. Rogers voice. Yeah, and... yeah, just sit him down, make him a cup yeah. of tea and be like, we're in this weird situation. Right. Yeah. T tone matters, yeah. you know? I mean, if you're brusque, then people are going to think that you're being evil again. Yeah, so he runs around, he sees that the Avengers Mansion is torn down, he calls uh, the, the Isle of Skye or wherever the fuck they are in a scotland yeah talks to callisto who's rude to him and uh you know he's yeah, she's pretty bitchy to yeah, everybody yeah he's he's bereft she's wearing a weird like she was just in a video like a pat benatar dancer <laughs> yeah, yeah. video so sees an x factor or at least we see maybe he doesn't see it uh the x factor uh bus passing behind him yeah, very subtle plug for the x factor yeah. comic uh meanwhile uh Sabretooth is hunting Lorna in the desert. There's some fighting. She tries to attack him semi-successfully. Um, also a lot of cool motion in the art on that page. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. sort of swipes at her. There's fighting, fighting. Uh, we learn that she they chose this place to live because the rocks have a lot of iron in them, and so oh, yeah. she can control them as weapons. We're back in New York. Havoc has put on his costume. His Havoc costume. Yeah, yes. and he's following Magneto, who goes down to the to the subway. Yeah. Uh, he almost gets hit by a train, whatever. Ends up in the Morlock tunnels and finally finds the group. Storm, Dazzler, uh, Psylocke, Longshot, Magneto, and Et I guess Al. Rogue is also there. Yeah, and, um, then, and then another bit of misunderstanding... Uh, um, the solution to our dilemma is to find another way which allows us to regain the initiative, Storm says. 
And that, I think, is to make the killers believe they have accomplished their objective. My friends, the X-Men must die. Yeah, they put that in a red circle, so you know that shit's important. Better read exactly, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're having this meeting. He overhears. They see him overhearing, and they kind of start... Uh, he shoots a, a, a thing at Rogue, and then they start chasing him back in New Mexico. Yeah. They're fighting, and... This one actually was a little bit confusing. It took me right. a minute to figure out what had happened because all of a sudden they're kind of being overpowered, the Marauders, but it's not clear by whom. Uh, so Sabretooth is like yeah. flung at the the other guy. Yeah, be, then, being being handed their asses to having their asses handed to them by Polaris is a safe bet. Yeah, you assume it's Polaris. Um, it is Polaris in a, in, a, in a manner of speaking. Yeah, the minx has to be the minx. <laughs> okay. Uh, back in the tunnels, this one switched locations like probably ten times. Yeah, that's uh, okay. It's cross cutting. That's yeah. that, that's okay. No, I'm okay with that. He accidentally zaps a plasma bolt at uh, whom? Dazzler. Longshot blocks it. Yeah. He's happy because he's not really there to kill anybody, but no one can just calm down and have a normal conversation. Right, right. Um, they decide, or at least uh, Psylocke kind of, in the end, is like, look, there's no other choice. We're going to have to kill him now. They're thinking about killing him for their own protection because they don't want him to know that they're going to like stage some sort of fake insurance money death on all of the uh, <laughs> insurance money well no on all of the x-men that they're gonna like s planning some scheme where they're gonna stage their own death so her solution to that is to kill him yeah uh storm's like mm, maybe no let's not kill him <laughs> we don't kill our own people uh <clears throat> finally after so many pages they you know kind of come clean i guess on what's happening and right. then him and magneto shake hands and he's like wants to be back on the team to fight right. this uh this holy war against uh yeah. the marauders and then and then just when we thought it was over we see that the marauders have been defeated by polaris but it's not really polaris because she has been uh, possessed possessed by, by malice malice okay uh, yep, as Mr. Sinister always intended. Yes, and we mentioned Mr. Sinister again, although we don't know who he actually is. Yes, not yet. And um, it's funny because I went back, you know, it's like one of the things we talked about when we first met Malice is like, now that we know that when you're possessed by Malice, you get that like weird red choker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it doesn't seem like she's that menacing, actually. Given, I mean, it's menacing, but it's like, you know, there's like a big tell like oh dear husband you weren't wearing that red choker earlier today um so i went back and looked at all the pages that had um polaris on them okay since they went to the airport which is when malice says that she uh invaded her or you know possessed her and i didn't they they had them all drawn so that you couldn't see her neck oh so maybe she was wearing a red choker oh. it's unclear i see but even for yourself Curious wouldn't you be not. like what the fuck <laughs> i wasn't I wearing this yeah yeah yeah, she definitely is on the last page after she magnetically gives herself some clothes, which uh, she needs on the last page, because at the very top of the page, she's butt-ass naked. Yeah. Weird. It is weird that she But the choker, then, is not naked. red. It's, like, green or blue. Yeah, different color on the choker there, but, uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm looking at this... Um, 
I read it and I was, um, I remembered not as much of it as I had hoped. Uh, what, 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 what do we, what do you think about this issue? So when I first read it yeah. several hours ago, uh, I really liked it cause I liked how they went back and forth between the two stories and it yeah. felt like a lot of stuff happened and that they, um, had kind of finally started to connect some of the threads of like malice, the marauders, yeah. um, you know, pick up the thread of the hellfire club because I feel like that's been a while since we've talked yeah. about that. And it sort of felt like they were trying to kind of bring a bunch of loose ends sure. back together. Sure. Um, and I still feel that way, although reading it or going through it a second time now, I do like I'm more aware of like the low key threes company right. um, thing. And maybe I like that a little bit less, but I still liked it. And I like the art. Okay. Very kinetic. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Um, so it didn't really work for me. Mm. Um, the first time that I read it, at first I thought, well, this is kind of cool. It, it calls to mind for me some episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, which postdates this issue. Mm -hmm. Let's be very careful to emphasize. Where, like, I don't know, uh, Deanna Troy wakes up and and everyone is speaking Klingon, or you know, some, some, <laughs> yeah, you know like some like weird, weird shit stuff, happens, yeah. and then you get to the bottom of it, like, oh, it's a transporting beam, or whatever. Yeah, uh, those are always fun. They, they have a, a kind of a Alfred Hitchcock quality to them, mm -hmm. where, where someone is suddenly in a very unfamiliar, intense situation, and you're watching them try to try to navigate you, like North by Northwest, which mm -hmm. is sort of the classic mm -hmm. of that Hitchcock type type plot uh sci-fi obviously is quite different than the way that hitchcock would approach it and so I, I i like that but it doesn't quite hold together for me hmm. it if the entire issue somehow could have been havoc i think it might have worked hmm. um but like, like okay it was all a dream no actually it was real but actually it was not real but it was but we wiped your memory <laughs> like I mean, the way ah, come on guys just the way that i understood one thing. that it happened was that he went to new york yeah yeah they wiped his memory he right. came home yeah then he had the idea to go to new york again because right. he'd sort of been mostly memory wiped but not right. so wiped that he wasn't still having those weird dreams and then he went yeah, to new york a second time no, no i, I, I totally right that's get correct yeah, i'm just yeah, yeah, confirming yeah, yeah i'm just saying uh, it, from the standpoint of the perspective of the reader we start off with something that's revealed to be a dream yeah okay that's like the first four or five pages of the issue okay well hey i had this really weird dream all right Let's go let's check it out. Oh, maybe it wasn't a dream. Maybe it actually happened. Right. No, it didn't. But actually, it did. Right. He's just going to keep getting mind wiped and coming back to New York. Yeah. Yeah. So that that I, I found maybe a little bit um, dampened the impact for mm. me. I have to pause right now. So that's how I feel. <laughs> okay. Um, are, are, any questions or other observations about uh, this? I think not because I have I didn't actually give myself enough time to like read it and then like think about it for two or three days. Yeah, which you know in my fantasies I like to do and also right, to like too. yeah uh, you know read a little bit more. Like I didn't yeah. read the Powell thing on it. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that gives me a little bit more perspective. I like, I still like it, even cool. you know, cool, even uh, assuming the weird sort of a what's it called? Three's uh, company, three's or, company. Yeah, yeah. yeah, quality, quality of another thing. The, the, a thing that I read um, 
another kind of question that something that I read posed was like, why hadn't like when when the X-Men found out about the Marauders, there was there seemed to be like a process of notifying yeah. sort of all the X-Men that were known about apart from these two. <laughs> yeah. Apart from these two that yeah. were like we're just out there we're in the used desert. To be actually in the yeah. X-Men. Yeah. Not even just mutants. But... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was a, you know, plot hole. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm like you. I like to have my thoughts take time to marinate. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm doing this very much off the cuff here. I, I'm starting to feel like I did when I was a kid mm-hmm. reading this stretch of, of Claremont's run where, okay, so Havoc is back in the team and I'm thinking, what, what's next? What are we all building up? Dazzler's in, uh, Wolverine's out, or, uh, Wolverine's not out. But, right, um, sort of. But, so what... What are we working towards here? Is, is is I have that thought now. I do know that there's a pretty massive narrative arc on the horizon, mm-hmm. uh, and I am intrigued to see how this plays out. But now that I, I I'm reading it without the benefit of too much foreknowledge, right. it is interesting because I think. Is he spinning his wheels? Right, right. Yeah, there's, it's just yeah, yeah, it's been a few. You know, I don't know how long in real time it would have been. But right, like you know, it's been a, a handful of issues that have just yeah. kind of felt like a little bit of preamble or sort of setup. Yeah. yeah. Um. Since what? Since they were in San Francisco, right? And then right. everybody kind of went their own ways. That was like a that was while a while ago. ago. Now. Yeah. A and year was that a year ago in in I, I I'll, I'll look it up release but, time. Um, yeah. Uh, now. We we both know that, or rather, we both feel I, 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 the same. I think that we, we like the interstitial issues, yeah. the ones that maybe wind down one thread and kick up a new one. But in the meantime, uh, Wolverine makes omelets or something. <laughs> like, like I really yeah, love they those. hang out at the house. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're not getting too much of that. And also, we're not getting yeah. a five-issue arc about the brood. <laughs> that was cool. That was very cool. Yeah. That was very cool. So, I um, thought I could find... Where's the thing where I can... Yeah, it's it's too hard to search the thing now. It, um, yeah, maybe. Um, looking, looking, looking. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, let's talk about the World Cup. Uh, it's over. Yeah, the World Cup is over, and uh, Argentina has won. Yes. I don't think that'll be a spoiler for anybody. No, no, it will, it will not be for any number of reasons. Um, and uh, it was pretty pretty fun. I enjoyed what we watched from like the 10 minutes before the end of regular time. So the 80th minute. They had already been playing for 80 minutes when I started watching. And I watched the whole end of it, plus the penalty kicks. I watched it, and I feel that I can now confidently say that I did, in fact, see most of that game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the stuff I, is a lot like the other stuff, but I, 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 it yeah. is exciting when they score. I, I'm not into soccer, and I, it, it, I, it, I can't really talk about that. Um, it, it, the comments that I make about how it doesn't excite me are not all that interesting, and roughly 2 billion or more people on earth disagree with me. <laughs> so I, I'll cop to the fact I don't get it. Soccer. Yeah. I really Not a big a, sports guy anyway. I haven't but. read it. I got some, I get a newsletter and he, there was an article that he had written about, uh, 
why he thinks Americans don't like soccer. And uh, if I had read yeah. it, then I could talk to you about it. But I kind of glanced. One of the one of the reasons was like the the uh, the faked injuries that like people just start to feel annoyed or impatient about the the rolling yeah, that the, bugs the me. writhing yeah, <laughs> um, yeah maybe i'll read it for next week if i think of it and uh, um my thought about that is it would be more interesting to me if there were more scores yeah and again this is not a novel take on things um gaelic football and hurling you can get the ball over the bar and you get one point you get it in the net you get three and I think that would be an awesome way to approach soccer. If you can kick it over the over the bar, look, kicking the ball over the bar in, in, in soccer would be pretty dang easy. That would change the game uh, substantially. Yeah, yeah but, I like but, watching soccer, and I could have easily watched the first 80 minutes of that. Yeah. You know, not like with rapt attention, I would have gotten distracted by things or picked up my phone or talked to people in the room. Yeah, I was making checks mix during having the it game. on in the in the near in the <laughs> yeah. near ground. Uh, I would have enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, the other things, I, I had two things that I wanted to talk about pop culture wise, but mm-hmm. uh, any other cultural things, any, any other comments about the, about the World Cup? No. All right. We'll see you again in four years. Yep. Soccer. <laughs> we'll see you in Canada, America, and Mexico. Yeah. The NASA is, Cup is, where the, is happening Where the next cup years. is happening. Yeah. That'll be bizarre. Um, massive distances. Yeah. Well, this is not the first time that the United States has hosted. Uh, Brazil hosted, and they and they have pretty massive, massive distances too. as well. Yeah. yeah they um, they're not quite as large as the United States, yeah. but uh, they're they're pretty big. Yeah. I think they're going to have like, um, the the qualifying whatever the first what do they call that first round where everybody plays everybody the round like robin? the the gang bang round. <laughs> the... Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what they call it. It's not. No, oh, whatever. They don't. It's like everybody does everybody else anyway. Okay, that's also not a gangbang. <laughs> the orgy round. Okay, fine. The yeah. orgy round. <laughs> the we'll give you the round. orgy round. Um, I, I feel not. A, this all has taken a really gross turn. <laughs> okay, although although now I'm going to think that round robin means something different. <laughs> anyway, the round robin. Yeah. So yeah. they um. They'll play those in like just one area, so that the teams don't have to like every every, oh, every group team, of yeah. four oh, sort of will like be the, in a different sort area. of like the NCAA tournament where something okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll see you in four years. See you in four years. Can't wait. I can utterly, completely wait for that. <laughs> um, Did you look up the thing that you were looking up? E kinda. I can't remember when they were in San Francisco. Actually, <laughs> mm. I can't remember at all. Uh, I'm looking at the issue covers, and it's not entirely... Oh, maybe, like, issue 206, but they came back to New York after that. We had the Mutant Massacre, which ended kind of issue 213. So it's not been that long post-Mutant Massacre. Six months, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, call it about six months. But, um, yeah, that's that's a while. And we're about to get to the uh, the Fall of Mutants arc. Cool. Uh, okay. Any other pop culture things mm. from you? I want to hear about Avatar. So Avatar, saw Avatar yesterday, Avatar mm-hmm. 2, Avatar The Way of Water. Mm. And I am going to say I cannot recommend seeing it. Hmm. Got like mixed but surprisingly decent reviews. I you saw, said, I don't know, I haven't read any of the reviews. Yeah, I read a couple of reviews from The Atlantic and The AV Club, and mm-hmm. they were both glowing. The Atlantic in particular said, hmm. like, this thing is really fantastic. It's it's the kind of blockbuster spectacle that, that we've been missing for some time. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll you know. I, I, and I'm one of those people who says you you can't underestimate James Cameron. Right. <laughs> uh, it... it, it 
we've we've tried, man. Titanic was going to be the biggest flop. It was going to be Heaven's Gate raised to the tenth power. Mm. It instead wound up being like the highest grossing movie ever made until James Cameron made another movie. So, you know, we can't underestimate James right. Cameron. And so we know that. And so like, okay, you know what? Uh, and I was I was okay to go see it. Yeah, you were excited I, I was to go interested. see it. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was excited for days. We saw, uh, Son and I saw Avatar, the first one, in a theater. That was the only time that I had ever seen Avatar in a theater. The 3D experience was fantastic. And the experience of seeing Avatar, the first one, in a theater... Very different from seeing it at home, mm-hmm. and it was it was immersive and really yeah, you cool said it was and really fantastic. Cool. Yep. Yesterday, uh, I did fall asleep. <laughs> you didn't say that. That's funny. <laughs> I fell asleep for a minute or two. Um, and again, I'm not the first person to say this. It's a long ass movie, yeah, and it God. feels like a long ass movie. Uh, son went to the bathroom once. Daughter went to the bathroom twice. Twice, yeah. Okay. She went and she's like, "I, I gotta go again. <laughs> this is ridiculous." I gotta go to the bathroom again. Uh, I was able to tie a knot in it. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I flew from Manchester to New York without having to go to the bathroom for like seven hours Impressive. or some shit. Yeah. Um, so I did fall asleep. I didn't go to the bathroom. Um, okay, so I, I, I took a walk and and I, I was marshalling my thoughts about this film. It, it's fine. It, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, it does not earn the three-hour runtime. If it were two hours, it would be pretty cool. It would yep. be a nice sequel. Um, I, I meant to do some background on this, but uh, let's assume that I'm correct when I say that James Cameron was critical of the MCU. Everybody loves to pick on the MCU. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he said, well, yeah, they're just not emotionally weighty. They just don't have anything like that. And I don't know what films he's fucking watching uh, yeah, they're, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, the so Avatar, if that's what Cameron thinks of as being <laughs> emotionally weighty, right? A film that has some emotional depth. Wakanda Forever. I didn't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Another long movie, not as long as Avatar, but right. it was like two hours and forty minutes or some shit. Like like Akira Kurosawa would have said, "You need to edit that motherfucker." <laughs> but Wakanda Forever, I would like wrapped attention. I I laughed. I cried. Yeah. Now Wakanda Forever does have the difficult fact that there's something outside of the film, Chadwick Boseman, God rest right. his soul. But even apart from that, uh, I, I, the, the way that, and I'm blanking on the name of the actress, the way that she worked through that grief was amazing. Yeah, it, very emotionally resonant. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I'm bringing some of my, myself to bear, uh, you know, mourning the loss of a brother, but sure. like, like I was I, like, I, I cried yeah. during what kind of forever. Um, no need to cry. <laughs> and, and sorry, but um, yeah. So, so there was that aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if this is what Cameron views as being a step above the MCU, uh, this is Wakanda Forever was a different echelon of yeah. film. That's funny because well, it's not funny, but it's notable because what I like about the MCU is mm-hmm. that it's like it doesn't feel overwrought with no. emotion you no. know it's got emotional moments or sort of oh, touching yeah. moments or whatever yeah. but it does not you know it doesn't 
to me, it always seems like it doesn't take itself. Like, this is a superhero movie. Like, it doesn't yeah. take itself too seriously, and it doesn't have these sort of drawn-out moments. Yeah. And that's what I... I haven't seen a ton of them, but that's what I right. don't like about some of the DC right. comic web. We've talked about, I've talked about that before. The MCU takes itself seriously enough. Yeah, just the right amount of seriousness. There, there are some... There are some moments in this film that are just charged with emotion. Yeah. Part, yeah, like, Jeremy Renner... When, when when they're t- in in Endgame, when they're talking about uh, Natasha being dead, yeah, he, he yells at Thor. He's like, "Why don't you take your hammer and go?" Like, yeah. that's that's a heavy line, and it, and it's and it it feel it feels natural, given that we're t- in a very fantastical environment, right. and and the delivery from from Renner is is really fantastic. Yeah. It's a very moving moment. Yeah, the film is not three hours of no, that. Oh my God. No, <laughs> yeah. it's got like funny bits to break that up. Like, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Have to just, you know. But, but you know, when a major character dies, there is, uh, there is an, a recognition of that. Yeah. It takes itself seriously enough. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, the MCU movies uh, were good in that regard. Um, the other thing about Avatar that, that I was thinking about this morning is we waited a long time for this sequel. <laughs> yes. And and we don't necessarily want to burden it yeah. because of that. I mean, if it had come out two years after the original Avatar, then, okay, let's just pretend that it did. Um, but but it, we're extending the world. We're, we're extending you know, what's going on, uh, on on the planet Pandora. And... Not really a spoiler. It's there in the title, "The Way of Water." There were gonna, there's gonna be some aquatic shit. Yeah. I mean, can can you like in three sentences tell me without spoiling anything, kind of generally what happens? I don't even remember the yeah. preview. So they, so Jake Sully and his family, they go to another place on Pandora where people are not arboreal; they are aquatic. Right. This is this is all that we get by way of world building okay. and and having a deeper understanding of this place, um, which is to say that it it, it is about as about as uh, much of an enhancement as a dungeon master would bring to a campaign that they're developing. So know? then is the whole story that there are people that are polluting the water? No, no, no. Oh, okay. But, but, but I, I, yeah. I, I want to make sure that you understand the point that I just right. made. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. Which yeah. is, it's like, well, rather than having Navi that live in trees, we've got Navi that live near the water. Right. And I hate to put it like that because there are some very creative DMs out there building fantastic, <laughs> put differently the sequel to Avatar would have worked very, very well as a tabletop role-playing game. <laughs> it works less successfully mm-hmm. as a three-hour movie. Yeah. But to, to answer your question, are the people polluting the water? Uh, not really. Yeah. There are people that are hunting these uh, kind of whale-like creatures. Yeah. Uh, among them, Jermaine Clement. I didn't even recognize him. He was barely there. Uh, he's one of the flying condors, flying concords, sorry. The, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, it, he's a, he's an actor that I recognize. Yeah, <laughs> Although, who's that guy? Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I don't I don't recall what role he was, but whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. Um, and I want to say that he was not one of the baddies. He was, he was a decent human. Uh, but yeah, that that's basically it. Mm. Um, would have worked very well as a long graphic novel. Hmm. <laughs> Another way that I'm uh, 
throwing a, a, a kind of art and storytelling under the bus. No, I love graphic novels. Yeah. I love tabletop role-playing yeah, games. Yeah, but maybe not a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't work that well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess I guess maybe what I'm saying is for a three-hour film... Was it three or three-and-a-half? It was like three hours and 12 minutes, <laughs> but I'm just going to round it down and say three hours. For a three-hour film, I think he, he needed to clear a higher hurdle. Mm-hmm. Period. To try harder. Yeah. The other point that I want to point, the other observation or thought that I have about pop culture, Gizmodo had an article about The Last Jedi, yet another uh, log in the fire <laughs> of the cultural uh, burning man that is discussion about The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and in the comments, somebody, how did they describe it? They, 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 they said their biggest problem with The Last Jedi is that the plot was entirely like the O.J. car chase. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. In the nailed last it. Jedi. Nailed it. Well, that's what it was, and it's like, like, oh my god, I, I, I hadn't connected those dots before. But that was my big problem with it too. It is it meant to be a galactic uh, conflict. Oh, it's when they're on the thing, and then yeah, it's yeah, a galactic yeah, 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 yeah. conflict yeah. that in the Last Jedi seems to involve maybe five hundred people <laughs> in very slow motion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that was that was my big That's gripe funny. with it. And not the only one, but the the, the top of the list was yeah. so you're telling me the entire plot is the Rebel Alliance is very slowly <laughs> rather or, or at whatever speed spaceships traveling and the uh, the New Order or the uh, the Small Faces or the Happy Mondays or the fuck the villains <laughs> are now they're gradually catching up to them. <laughs> Apart from when they go to the casino, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so, so the saying that the last Jedi was basically the OJ car chase, chef's kiss, because that was exactly <laughs> my take on it. Oh, and it's a bummer stuff. because I, I, I almost want to see it again. Almost, almost. want to see it again, yeah. based on the strength of uh, Ryan Johnson's work in Knives Out and uh, Glass Onion, both mm-hmm. of which are amazing movies. Yeah. They're, they're really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we could watch. I'd be happy to watch it again at home. You rent I, mean, it. I said almost. Want to yeah, watch I mean, it again. I don't. If, you, if that almost yeah. escalates into a, I definitely want to check it out no, again. No, no. I've seen it twice, that. and and I'll say this: um, I would love to see Ryan Johnson take another crack at it. Mm. Uh, I, I here's what I like about it: I like the fact that he wants to do some different stuff. I, it didn't work. I don't think that he he pulled it off, but no. he, he he does seem interested in in kind of shaking up the status quo. Cool. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's basically what Rogue One was for me. Yeah, Rogue One. Yeah, was. and Rogue One was a that's a fucking home run. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, best, best Star Wars movie. Best. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, possibly my I mean, favorite. For me, it's yeah. one and and eleven year old me would have felt differently. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but fifty uh, year old me <laughs> really yeah. loves Rogue yeah, One. Really love Rogue One. We've got about two minutes left. I, I did a bunch of talking over the past oh, ten minutes, yeah. so I want to give you the floor. I don't really have anything to say. We will not be here next week. We are no, we will not. Traveling. Traveling. That's fun. And, uh, you're reading. Well, what's the last book that you read and did you like it? The, the, the you book read a I'm... shit ton. You never tell me what you're reading. Eh, that's not true. The, <laughs> I don't remember what the last book I finished was. Yeah. I'm currently reading um, Candy House by Jennifer Egan. It's Candy a House. fiction book about... Okay. Uh, a future world where you can externalize your memories to like a memory hard drive and then you can 
uh, kind of plug that into a, a shared consciousness so you okay. can relive memories from Whoa. that you experienced from the perspective of other people. But, you know, it's no surprises, not uniformly good or maybe not even <laughs> good at all. I'm halfway through. So and, this is uh, like uh, a Black Mirror episode of, sort of. the movie Rashomon. <laughs> oh, that I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's like a Black Mirror episode of something. Okay, well, that um, really so cool. I'll report on it when I uh, when I finish it. Okay, terrific. Bye next time. All right, see everyone next week. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the X Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website xmenfiles.com Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown That music available under a Creative Commons license Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa